Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Cross, your host of Friends with Employee Benefits. And today we're covering a very important topic, Secure 2.0. And to help us with that, we have Sean Patton, who is a senior VP in our retirement and wealth practice up in Rochester, New York. And Sean's got all the answers to all the questions that are running through your head right now around Secure 2.0. So without further ado, take a listen. Sean, before we get started, can you just explain, you know, uh, what your role is here at One Digital, what you do? Sure, Jeff. I am part of One Digital's retirement and wealth business. Uh, I am in the Rochester, New York office, and I assist uh, our retirement plan clients with the oversight of of the retirement plans they have in place for employees. So not only are we trying to help uh, ensure compliances in place that they're meeting their fiduciary responsibilities, but really what are we there for? And that is to deliver a greater benefit to employees so that they feel less stressed in the workforce as it relates to their financial well-being. Well, thanks for that, Sean. It was good to kind of level set on what you do here and, and why we're talking to you. So let's just jump into the questions. You know, we've been hearing a lot of buzz around Secure 2.0 recently. So if you could start just by summarizing, what's it all about what, and where did this come from? So great. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Secure 2.0 is a follow-up from Secure 1.0, which was passed in 2019. And it really is all about trying to expand retirement coverage, retirement savings coverage to more Americans. Uh, I think Secure 2.0 adds some, some really neat additional almost financial wellness options um, that plan sponsors can could add on to their 401k plan. If I think Secure, you know, beyond being a, a um, retirement savings expansion law, really wants to address the financial challenges that face working Americans, most Americans. That stress comes from um, pre-COVID, through COVID, it's debt, it's credit card debt, it's student loan debt. That's getting in the way of, of saving for retirement. It's getting in the way of just kind of feeding their family. And so some of the optional provisions uh, within SECURE are intended to kind of take down and alleviate some of those stressors of, of financial challenges that Americans are, are feeling. Um, and so that, that's why we think this is more than just a retirement savings law. This is kind of almost a financial wellness law as well. For, for for once, uh, the name of a of a piece of legislation might be appropriate. It's called secure. That's right. Yeah. How can we make people feel more secure? Um, you know, let's start financially, but but then kind of you know the emotional health and well being of folks. That security is is critical, um, just to making us more productive. So uh, I, I'm going to immediately kind of go off script here because I I where my mind goes with this, Sean, is like. Is the government preparing us for a wind down of Social Security or or, or am I being you know, outrageous in, in, <laughs> in thinking that? I, I hope not. Right. Because we've all paid into it. Right. Um, but but I do think, you know, I think the government and the industry is concerned that not enough folks are saving for retirement and that there's a potential gap between what Social Security can provide, whether there's a full benefit. 30, 40 years from now um, or not. And, and so that's why we want more Americans saving for retirement so that they have a 
a somewhat comfortable retirement. And, and that's really, you know, what secure 2.0 is, is intending to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just say like, from my perspective, if someone said, look, you have to take a thousand dollars and put it into some kind of investment portfolio. I would rather have a, a private investment manager than, than kind of entrust the, the federal government to manage my money. Is it, am I, you know? Yeah. So what I would say about that is you think about these defined contribution plans that we have in the U S um, I think, what really has benefited individuals is uh, the Pension Protection Act in 2006 and, and adding what we call the qualified default investment alternative um, to the retirement savings mix. And in essence, what that allowed folks to do was default an employee's monies into something other than a money market or a stable value if they didn't make a positive investment election. And the reality is most Americans do not make a positive investment election. So they're now defaulted or have been since 2006, for the most part, defaulted into something like a target date fund. And I had this conversation with a client the other day. If you look back over that, you know, now almost 15, 20 year period, uh, the average target date fund or, or the better target date funds are probably up between eight and 10 percent per year during that time period. Stable value and or money market probably up between one and 2% per year. Yeah, so yeah. the beauty of that, of that pension protection act and, and the ability to, to move people into something that was growth oriented has been a huge win for retirement savers. And I just think this is kind of an extension of that where, you know, the government's not going to manage your money. We just want you to save and, and probably for most folks, it'll go into something like a target date fund. Great. So, you know, just kind of getting back on track here. So, you know, Secure 2.0, why, why should our listeners even care about this? Like, what's the, talk about some of the major impact of uh, that our listeners should be aware of here. Yeah. So as part of Secure 2.0, there are, there are both mandatory requirements, so stuff we have to do, and then some, some optional requirements. For listeners uh, in 2023, there's a couple things that we have to kind of think about right away. First one's an easy one, and that is, Required minimum distributions are moving up from age 72 to age 73 this year. That's something that the record keepers are going to be able to handle for, for plan sponsors. That's pretty easy. The second piece is kind of interesting, and that is um, for those folks that are making catch-up contributions to their 401k, typically age 50 and older, that make $145,000 or greater in income this year, for 2024, that catch-up contribution will have to be put into a Roth source. And so that means if you're a defined contribution plan and you don't have a Roth, you got to start thinking about getting one in place sooner rather than later so that that Roth contribution can be made for those higher comp catch-up folks in 2024. But that, but that, therefore, they're putting they're putting that catch up post tax. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So again, go, what's the government doing here? They're, they they want to get you know they want to get their hands on on your money sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's limited to one hundred and forty five thousand and greater. And there's a fair number of folks, you know, age fifty and older that will be uh, that will be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So one, one thing that an employer has to worry about is making sure that there is a Roth 
component to whatever program they have in place for their employees, right? What what else do employers need to be thinking about as it relates to 2.0? Yeah. So so beyond these things that are immediate provisions and mandatory, there's a bunch of optional provisions and some mandatory provisions that will kick off in 24 and then be kind of phased in through 26 and 27. I should also note that the record keepers have gone to Washington to talk to the DOL and the IRS on the fact that this isn't easy as they they think it is. You can't just throw this at us. They have to work with payroll providers and retirement record keepers to ensure that they're both in sync when it comes to planning for this. And so I could see where some of this stuff gets pushed out into further out years. But but again, um, a lot of both optional and mandatory provisions coming. So, you know, there's I think there's some neat stuff like emergency savings. Um, you will be able to, in essence, put in an emergency savings component to your 401k or 403b. That'll really it's it's like a Roth source and you can put away, I believe the max is thirty five hundred dollars a year. Uh, and then you can withdraw four times during a year from that emergency savings vehicle without any penalty. Again, you've already paid taxes because it'll yep. go in as almost Roth dollars. Yeah. So I think what the government's trying to do, Jeff, is prevent the leakage from the defined contribution plan, which prevents an employee from kind of having that savings really work for them over the course of their, you know, their working years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one, that's one neat uh, and I think easier piece that, that, that we're going to add. Um, there's, you know, there's also a, a provision that will allow almost a match to the 401k or 403b for someone that has uh, college savings or, or college debt that they're, that they're paying off. And so the government is is working to allow the employer to notice and 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 see that that contribution or that payment being made for their student loan, and then be able to match uh, into the 401k or 403b a contribution for that employee that may not be able to save for retirement because of the impact of student debt. So, uh, so that's really interesting. I don't think a lot of people know that. So, you know, you, as an employer, you can if you want to match an employee an employee's uh student loan payment into their 401k correct that's ah. that's yeah, it's an it's a neat again it's a neat uh provision of of secure yeah. they're still trying to figure out how it's all going to work again you gotta you gotta be able to demonstrate that you're actually paying down your student debt how are we gonna how are we gonna validate that we gotta have payroll and and record keeping kind of tie all that together but uh, I think the idea of that that provision is is a real neat one. Sean, are there certain types of employers, like certain you know industry verticals or or types of employers, that are going to be more affected than others by 2.0? I don't think so, Jeff. I think it really impacts all types of employers, for profit, not for profit. Um, yeah, it's 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 a pretty wide ranging uh, legislation, right? There's ninety some odd provisions within secure. So there's something for everybody uh, and it really impacts everybody. Um, you know, there's some, I think some neat um, provisions in there for startup plans. So if you don't have a plan today, you're going to start one up. Um, there are some tax credits allowed for the employer, both for the administration cost of the plan, but also for employer contributions to, to a participant. Um, 
<clears throat> with that comes some mandatory provisions around auto enrollment and auto escalation of savings that will occur 2025 and beyond. So there's really, there is something for everybody. Um, and then there's some neat, like I say, kind of financial wellness provisions that, that um, maybe are not getting a lot of attention, but I think are going to be appealing to a lot of folks. Yeah. And so you just said something a minute ago that, that I wanted to make sure I understood correctly. If an employer does not currently offer a retirement savings program to their employees, they do have to start offering one as part of this. Is that, is that right? That, I mean, that's, that's what the push here is to get folks to start offering plans. Um, and, and for those startup plans, uh, you will have to have this mandatory auto enrollment, auto escalation. The other thing that's going on, Jeff, is some states, to your point, are going to make retirement programs mandatory where you know small employers will have to offer something to their employees, whether it be the state run, uh, a state run plan or whether it be something that they start up on their own. It, it also has um, really kind of brought to light um, some of these, we'll call them pooled plans. So either multiple employer plans, MAPS, or pooled employer plans, PAPS, that make it really easy for you to start a plan and just kind of hand it over to somebody else. You just have to make those payroll connections to the MAP or the PAP. Yeah. Like we need more acronyms. In I was just going to say, we're getting into the, you know, the, the acronym soup here, but um, those are, those are neat ways of allowing for smaller, even midsize employers to, to um, hand over the administration of a plan to somebody else. Yeah. But the smaller employers that there's no mandate that the employer is making certain contributions the, the the mandate, if you will, is that they're offering their employees a savings vehicle. That's correct. Still the employer's choice as to how if they want to contribute at all. Yeah, and, and how they go about it, right? What what type of vehicle they use. Yeah. So from an employee's perspective, um what what do they need to be thinking? So there are some changes to the to max catch up and how you could do that. What else from an employee's perspective is changing? Yeah, I th again, I think there's some of these optional provisions. Again, think emergency savings, um, uh, the, the whole student loan issue, and and trying to encourage savings even when that student loan debt is out there and kind of getting in the way of saving for retirement. So that, that's a neat provision. There's also another one that kind of caught my eye that probably doesn't impact a ton of people, but <clears throat> if you have a child that does not uh, fully utilize the, their 529 college savings plan, that can be now turned into a Roth in a tax-free kind of shift from 529 to Roth um, in the future. So what a great way to jumpstart, you know, a young adult's saving for retirement by using or by taking unused 529 dollars and being able yeah. to put it into a Roth. And there's some maximums. I think it's $35,000 total. Um, you can only move so many dollars per year. I think it's whatever the the max is at that period from a, a Roth contribution. So it, you know maybe by then it'll be seven or eight thousand dollars per year. But uh, again, I think a great great move uh, by Congress in order to try and jumpstart retirement savings. Yeah, you know what? If if you've managed to over save in a five two nine plan, kudos to you. That's right. Yeah, not many have, but again, I think that's just kind of a another example of a neat you know, optional provision that that's insecure. Yeah. 
generally, do you think employers are equipped to handle the questions they're getting from their employees or how do you feel like <clears throat> employers are prepared for this? Yeah, I, I, Jeff, I would say nobody's prepared for it, quite honestly, yeah. uh, because it's so new. You know, employers are overwhelmed with, you know, the day to day compliance issues of running yeah. a business specifically. Think I'm thinking human resources. Um, and so secure comes at a time when they're already overwhelmed. There's so many unanswered questions uh, amongst, you know, the the vendors on how this is going to work. That that's why I've tried to share with clients and and, and you know other uh, clients of One Digital. Focus on what's mandatory and required now, mm. and then we'll we'll get to the other stuff later when when we get some more clarity on when it's going to be required. So again, um, catch up for Roth. Need to think about that now, and then the, the RMD moving the required minimum distribution moving from age seventy two to seventy three is an easy one. You know that that's something that all the record keepers are are ready for. You know currently. It, you 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 actually kind of read my mind. My, the last thing I was going to ask is, from an employer's perspective, like what if they're stressed about this and they feel ill prepared? You know, what are the three or four most urgent or pressing things? You kind of named two, which are those yeah. mandatory. Anything else that they should focus on right now? Right. Yeah, now? I I would just say, you know, if you don't have someone that you work with now on your plan, or you don't have a plan. Now's a great time to get in touch with with somebody at the One Digital Retirement and Wealth team to talk about what's going to be required in the coming years, to talk about some of those optional provisions. Really, Jeff, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do with clients is turn this retirement savings vehicle into something that can help assist in the attraction and retention of talent, which is a challenge. And so, you know, let's not just make this some kind of throwaway savings vehicle. Let's let's really turn it into a a benefit that that you're proud of and and um there'll be multiple ways that that you can kind of construct it what works for you what works for your employees don't think of it as really just another mandate or compliance that's right yeah but, but, but this is this is going to help you kind of compete in a tough labor market um and and to to attract and retain good people to your point let you know let's turn this into something that really matters and let's review mandatory provisions, the optional provisions that that I think will be appealing. Uh, and then, you know, over the coming couple of years here, let's make sure that we are communicating it properly to to employees and potential employees. That might be the most important thing for an employer who's stressed about this is that, look, you don't you're not you don't have to do this on your own. There That's are right. retirement plan advisors who know. Yep who know what needs to be done and can guide you through this and turn it into that, to that positive, to that value add. Uh, yeah. Com simpler, yeah. Com completely agree. I mean, we have hundreds of advisors across the country um, that are, you know, ready, willing and able to, to assist with this. And, and again, I think you really want to take some time and think about again, the mandatory stuff is, is what it is, but there's some optional provisions that, that can turn this into a really neat, um, you know, supercharged savings vehicle for, for all. Yeah. Get, I would say, you know, get to the, the competitive advantage would be to get out ahead of those right. non-mandatory things uh, and, and be kind of sort of more of a market leader there. Yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with employees um, in the last six months, you know, just trying to get a sense on their stressors day to day. Um, it's certainly financial based. Um, just not knowing how to attack saving for retirement, saving for college, for kids, paying down debt, 
there's something insecure for everybody around kind of those high level items that I think can can assist uh, in, in making folks less stressed in the workforce, which which makes them hopefully more productive for employers. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Sean, of the of those most important mandatory things, are, are any of them time sensitive or sort of date stamped like they, there's a deadline that employers have to have this ready? Yeah, I, I would say the record keepers would would say that's kind of gray. But what I'm telling clients is the Roth catch up provision is one that really needs to be dealt with this year by the end of the year. So you need to have that Roth source in place in your plan by the end of this year, if you don't have it yet, because starting in January of 24, for those making 145,000 and greater, age 50 and older, their Roth catch up or their excuse me, their catch up contribution will be required to go into the Roth source. Roth, yeah, great. Sean, anything else? Did I miss anything that we really need to cover here? No, no, I think this is great. And again, um, what I would say to to employers out there is use this as a resource. You know, we're, we're here to help. Um, there is a lot in this. Again, you know, don't feel overwhelmed. There's just a couple things that you got to think about right away. But but we'll have some time to kind of give some thoughtful consideration to what what your plan, you know, could look like in the coming years. What makes sense? What what may not make sense? Great. Uh, all right. I'm not going to let you go yet because we always ask our guests, Sean, to answer a few rapid fire questions so we get to know you a little bit better personally. Let's do uh, it. You're okay with that? Okay. Yeah. Ready? All right. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Iced. Favorite food? Oh, definitely pizza. Thin, you know, maybe New York New Haven, style. New Haven style. I'm yeah, New Haven. Yeah, yeah. New Haven style pepperoni. All right. Good answer. Last thing you watched on TV? Uh, last night's uh, Stanley Cup game between the Stars and uh, the, the Vegas Knights. Very first job. Very first job. Uh, <laughs> working at a hockey rink. All right. Cle cleaning locker rooms and working in the pro shop. Working in the barn. <laughs> That's right. Um, and finally, Sean, you know this, that our theme at One Digital this year is heart and hustle. And so I want to ask you how you plan to lead with heart this year, or or how do you plan to win with hustle, uh, one or the other? We, we, we love that tagline in our office. So um, heart is, is just caring about your clients, their employees. Um, helping out in the community. We, we run, and for the last 20 years, we've run a, uh, a golf tournament for the benefit of the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester. So trying to give back. Hustle, I tell my kids this, is just kind of grinding it out every day, um, both for our current clients, but, but also looking for new, new clients. Um, you know, it's, it's just showing up every day, putting the work in. It's not always glamorous, Jeff, you know that, but, um, you know, it, it's critical that we do that. So that, that's how we approach it. Great. Uh, thank you again, Sean, for joining us for this for this episode. We, we really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thanks especially to everybody tuning in and listening. This has been another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits. Mm -hmm.